This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Carpe Diem with your host, Lisa McDonald. Mama told me when I was young, we're all on silver stars. Good morning, everybody. Lisa McDonald here, Carpe Diem. Welcome to Dundas, Ontario, Canada. I'm so excited to once again be joined by a former guest and good friend, Rob Proust. And, uh, Rob and I did radio a couple months ago and uh, just absolutely loved his spirit, loved his enthusiasm. And, of course, we keep in touch regularly. And, and as people would know who follow me and tune into the contact network, they would know that uh, I plug Rob everywhere. Um, and, in fact, uh, my last guest who I had on the show was a result of uh, the contact she had with Rob and really supported what she was doing. And, of course, uh, Rob's always endorsing and supporting people who are doing great work in the community and helping children and great causes and whatnot. So uh, I thought, you know what, let's get Rob back on the show. I'm talking about him all the time anyway. Let's see what's new in his life and what's happening. So, Rob, I want to welcome you back to my show. Hello, Lisa. Welcome back to you, too. You sound like you're so Hello. far away. <laughs> <laughs> Where could so you, you be? were just so close. You were just in Toronto. You want to tell I everybody know. a little bit about what that was about? I was in Toronto last weekend. I flew up just for a, a couple of days to play with Carol Pope. We played at the uh, the big Pride Festival at the, the concert on Sunday down at Dundas Square in Toronto, which was awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, it was super fun because uh, Carol and I have been friends for... Well, we met here in New York back in 2002, I think. Like, we had both just moved to New York around that time. And mm-hmm. I re- actually ran into her randomly in a store. Uh, I was downtown, and I was walking in the store, and I saw her. And I thought, oh, my God, there's Carol Pope. And then I felt <laughs> really Canadian because I knew that nobody else around me, like, like was noticing that she was there. Uh-huh. And so I went up to her and I said, hey, Carol, you may not remember me, but you may remember my band, The Spoons. And she's like, of course. Because we then, it turned, like, as we talked, we realized that we had met many years before. And so then mm-hmm. we were both, like, new to New York. And so we became friends and started hanging out. And we've co-written some songs over the years. And she came to my wedding a couple of years ago. And Wonderful. We, yes. And so we've always wanted to, like, work together whenever we get a chance. And so she had told me she was going to be in Toronto. And I said, oh, I'd love to play with you. And she said, really? So she flew me up and we did the gig and it was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So what was it like for you being back in your stomping ground? It was weird. Yeah? Yes. It was, uh, I mean, I hadn't really spent that much. Well, I was in Toronto last summer. Um, I have been involved with this musical called Once, which just wrapped up its run in Toronto. And I was up there last summer to do auditions to help find all the people to be in the show. And I, mm-hmm. uh, that was my first time spending any, any amount of time in Toronto in quite a while. But this past weekend, so like after we finished the gig, I, uh, 
I decided to just kind of take a walk. Uh, I walked all the way up Young Street and I walked all the way across Bloor Street and like, like over past Spadina kind of like that was my old area. When I lived in Toronto 15 years ago, that was kind of, I considered that all like my, my normal kind of neighborhood sort of. Um, mm-hmm. so I hadn't really, I hadn't really been there in a long, in, in a long time to actually just wander around like that. When I was working there last summer, I was kind of spending all day at a theater doing auditions and then going back to the hotel. But even just this evening, this past week, it was nice to just wander around and be able to have a look. And it was nice, but it's, there's something that I sort of miss about Toronto, but it's, it's hidden in there. I just have to kind of see past all the construction and stuff, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a different city. Do you spend much time there these days? Uh, I don't actually, but I plan to be going, uh, August for a couple of weeks to hit up all the bookstores, independent and otherwise. So, yeah. uh, I've got some time coming to me that affords me to do that. Um, cool. as you know, I'm trying to get my books widespread across Canada yeah. and just cr- primarily focusing on out west right now and, and, uh, doing quite well with receptivity from store managers out there. So, nice. uh, yeah, so I'm going to be hitting Toronto pretty hardcore, uh, between August 13th to the 31st. And, um, yeah, because, I mean, there's just, you know, so many wonderful little pockets in Toronto and uh, lovely independent bookstores and great people. And, of course, artists always supporting artists and stuff. Yeah, I I did. That's one thing I did. I definitely noticed walking up Yonge Street, uh, a a lot of nice small bookstores. I mean, first, there's the giant Indigo in the Eaton Center, which I love. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm a little obsessed with that place. And it to me, it's better than any, <laughs> it's better than any bookstore in Manhattan. I mean, I live in New York City and when I go to Indigo, I find 10,000 more things that I'm interested in for some strange reason. Mind you, in New York, we have this place called The Strand, which is a giant used bookstore, which is amazing. But Indigo is great. And then, like I said, all these, there was like four, three or four smaller, like used bookstores and like things up Young Street and across Bloor. And I thought even that was really nice to see because bookstores are sort of disappearing everywhere, it seems. And it's, it's, right. it's sad. It's a sad thing to me to see that happening. But, you know, people shopping online, but it's such a different experience to actually walk into a store and look at real books. Absolutely. Well, there's nothing like, uh, you know, having the hard copy, tangible book in your hand, you know, particularly yeah. if you're reading to your children. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm hoping that novelty never dies out. I know it's a different generation with technology and people can download things and upload things on their iPads. And, you know, that seems to be the way things are going for a big portion of our population. But, um, you know, I don't think it'll ever go away completely. I don't think so either. No. Rob, I truly don't. And, um, you know, I mean, they're still holding their own and they're still going strong. And, uh, totally. you know, for every time I do a book signing, uh, you know, all the people that continue to come in and bring their children and, and uh, you know, and the bookstores have gotten quite creative, too, with having activities and, and readings and things of that nature. So there's still a big draw, still a big pull. And it's nice Definitely. to see the loyalty remains. Yeah. So tell me about... Um, you know, if you want to elaborate a little bit more before we switch gears here about Toronto. And so, you know, what was, what was the, uh, the audience like in the receptivity? Cause it was a big weekend, you know, it was a big I weekend, thought. but it was, the weather wasn't great. It was actually raining. First time in a long time. Yeah, I, think I, I know. I've, it was pretty soggy. I've done an outdoor show and I was getting rained on like on my keyboard and I was a little nervous. <laughs> it was like the, we were, the stage was covered, but we were just kind of close enough to the edge of the stage that the rain was sort of blown sideways. You know, when it does that thing where it's like just everywhere all the time. Yeah. So I was getting a little wet and they put some plastic on the front of the keyboard, which 
kind of helped, but I had a big towel and every once in a while I had to just like turn the keyboard right off and just wipe the keyboard, wipe, wipe the keys down so that I could actually play it and not slip all over. But it was really fun because then the rain finally stopped after a few songs. Was there a big rainbow? There was not. There should have been a big Aww. rainbow for Pride anyways, but there was rainbows <laughs> hanging from yeah, the Yeah, there walls. was color everywhere. I wore a really nice rainbow Pride Roots t-shirt actually. Fantastic. I, every time I go to Toronto, I go to shop at Roots. I'm plugging Roots awesome. now, but it's only be, only because I love Roots. <laughs> well, I uh, saw I saw some of the pictures you had uploaded about some of the little treasures you were taking back with you in your suitcase. All the little food uh, items. <laughs> yeah, my junk food collection. So, what is it that you were able to find here that you can't find in New York? Shreddies. Uh huh. Smarties. Uh huh. Ketchup chips. You don't get ketchup chip, chips in New York? Uh, I think that they might, you might find them in really, really s- scary little dark places, but okay. not, it's not like a mainstream <laughs> thing. My wife has still not tried them yet, and every time I look at them, she like kind of snickers a little bit. Uh-huh. And I told her, you just wait. When you have one of these, you're going to be sorry because you're going to want more and I'm not going to give you more. <laughs> she doesn't know what the experience of ketchup chips is actually like because she's not had them yet. And so right. I just brought back that small bag as an introduction. But um, I'm really looking forward to watching her face when she actually finally tries one because she's going to love awesome. it. How could you not love ketchup chips? Oh, yeah. She'll fall in love with them. That's for sure. Yeah, of course. It's it's a given. I mean, it's not just us crazy Canadians that love them, but I think that people are afraid of what they don't know. And so they think, what? Ketchup chips? And then Absolutely. I get to tell the story of how when I was a kid, when you were a kid too maybe, remember when Hostess was trying like grape chips and cherry chips? Oh yeah, orange chips, and it was disgusting. Yeah, that was bad. That was a step too far. Yeah, that just well, stepped too, too. You know far what I it. remember, Rob, as far as chips go, because I, in my family, um, you know, I was. I mean, I look back on it now, and it's one of the things I'm grateful to my parents for. Is you know, we didn't do a lot of treats and snacks in our house, but Friday always, you know, it was the night that we would go out to a restaurant or we would bring food in for the night. And yep. we'd watch all our favorite 80s shows and, um, and, uh, you know, we, we were allowed to have a treat. Like we could right. have, like we didn't ever have pop, but it was the one night we could have if we wanted when we were a little bit older, we could have a can of pop and we could have either chips or a chocolate bar or popcorn. And that was primarily it. And that would be it for the week. And, right. um, I don't know if you would remember this, but I think it was Humpty Dumpty and it was when bags of chips came in a barrel. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I do remember that. You remember that? Yep. And it would be. Unfortunately. Yeah. I don't believe they had the flavor chips at that point or certainly in that, the way that it was packaged, it was just plain. And I think my mom would make up a little onion dip and, and we would dip the chips, but I remember it came in a barrel and then it was always the fight who got to keep the barrel afterwards to put their little dinky cards or their little dollies or whatever. Oh, life was so much simpler then. Why did we have to get older and grow up and have responsibilities? I know. I know. This is what happens to everybody. Look, we can spend a lot of time just talking about chips anyway. Oh, well. Sorry, Rob? I was just going to say, it doesn't matter because we can still grow up and spend lots of time talking about chips anyways, and it still makes us happy. Absolutely. So, the other thing that I brought back, back was um, I'd love Macintosh's to see it come back with the barrel because that was a oh. huge novelty and it certainly okay. resonates with me as a big part of my childhood knowing that that was symbolic <laughs> with the one night a week treat night and sure. uh, all the great things we did with the barrel after the fact. 
Of course. But anyways, um, so enough about, enough talking, about chips. When I was talking to you about uh, Mama Mia and the fact that, based on what you had shared with us the last time that it was coming to an end, September fifth. You then since told me it's now been extended to September 12th. Is that correct? <laughs> they gave it a whole extra week. Wow. They just they couldn't <laughs> believe it after after 13 years. And then they decided it's going to close. And they said, well, geez, what can we do to just like really thank the city of New York? Let's do eight more shows. And so they gave Fantastic. eight more shows. It's, I know. I'm kind of joking, but it's great. <laughs> and so – um, are you finding now that people are aware of the fact that it's, it's winding down? Um, that the sure, because there's big is? signs everywhere saying last show, September 12th. And so and, are, are and people, the are crowds, people the making crowds a, are great. Are people making a point of coming out more now, knowing that it's, it's slowing down and it's nearing the end? Well, we all, we all who perform the show and work on the show know that the show is sort of been um, a perennial favorite for people around the world anyways. And I, I don't really believe that just the fact that it's closing is, is why we have huge crowds now because it's kind of a cyclical thing. Like as the, as the summertime goes, the crowds get bigger because there's more people coming to visit New York. And we definitely are a favorite for like, like the Europeans who come to New York because everybody loves ABBA. And, and I think that we, so often we have people who are at the show who like are coming to New York and they're only going to go see one show because they don't, I mean, they don't know, they're not that familiar with what's playing, but they definitely know Mamma Mia, so like, like people bringing their kids and stuff and coming multiple times. Um, but it's, it's, so it's, it's a fun thing for us now to have such, every show is like, is totally sold out and it's really fun for us. But then it's a little sad because then you think, well, then why are you closing the show? Because it's really selling right now. But that's not always true throughout the year because they have to keep their, their financial considerations in mind as you follow the whole cycle of the year. And there's big Broadway producers who have bigger concerns, you know, so it's all right. Good. Well, that's good. And, yes. um, and so have you thought or had time to think about what you're going to do to replace the busyness of how much that's consumed your life? Well, it, it actually, uh, I would say that it doesn't consume my life a real, a lot because it's, because we have it down. The performance is basically the, the part of my day that's filled up with the show is like the evening or if I have two shows, then that's what fills my day. So my, I, I've actually come to have a really fortunate situation where my days are pretty filled with doing other things anyways and then having the show not be a huge part of the day. But I mm-hmm. will miss, miss having that as a con- continuous thing through my life anyways. So I'm just sort of looking at all the other things that I've enjoyed doing and just seeing how I can sort of expand that even more. Fantastic. Yeah. I have a couple about, of books that uh, I have a couple of books that I've been working on that I'm sort of in, in like sort of reviving and looking at again and thinking well that's something I've always been kind of interested in doing but it's sort of been in the back of my mind and so I'm I'm mm-hmm. looking at kind of making some progress on that as well. Fantastic. Yeah. And uh I I hope that when you say that planet pomegranate's in there. Yes, of course. That's a whole other <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Because that, that for me is going to involve like something more musically in, uh, inclined, but I can't wait until we right. get more into that too. Yeah. Well, I'll just, uh, for people who aren't aware of what I was talking about when I referenced Planet Pomegranate. So 
excuse me, Planet Pomegranate is my third book that's uh, currently being illustrated. And I had a meeting with the illustrators uh, a couple weeks ago now, and the pencil drawings have pretty much neared completion. So the coloring of the book will start um, getting ramped up. And uh, that's a bigger book compared to my first two. My first two were 36 pages. This one is uh, 44 pages. And, um, and so when Rob and I had spoke the last time Rob was on radio with me, uh, Rob had followed up saying that he would be interested in collaborating with me on one of my projects. And so when I shared with him what was now currently in the works, Planet Pomegranate really appealed to Rob, and we just thought it was a, you know, a good book, a good project to be collaborated on. So, yeah, there's going to be a musical, musical uh, compilation um, attached to the book, and we're still kind of ironing out what that looks like. And Maybe, maybe we'll make it an opera. What's that? Maybe we can make it an opera. Ooh. Planet Pomegranate, the opera. I don't even know what that means. Maybe we'll we'll find a way to musicalize the whole thing. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. it's, uh, you know, a lot of people are pumped about this particular book because it's got a comic book flavor to it, and it's about yeah. superhero children who save the world from global fear. And um, so, yeah, any, any updates? that have pertained to that book, whether it be through me or my illustrators. Um, Rob's been CC'd on everything along the way. And uh, I'm just, I'm really grateful and I'm really excited that uh, we have that as well under our friendship belt. So thank you yes. so much, Rob. How, let me ask you a question. How are things with your, I mean, the first two books, you, when you go to bookstores now, and, and like you were saying that you're going to head out west and, and reach out to bookstores out there, are you going to uh, introduce them to both of the books. I guess you, you go and you're like, I've got these two books that I would like you to see. Yeah, it's, um, well, as you would imagine, being self-published, it's, it's a lot of work right now, but I am talking to a publishing company. I've got a couple of uh, couple of contacts that I'm, one more so than the other, that I'm, I'm pretty much in daily contact with. And this person, lovely person, was actually the connector to my current publicist, uh, Charlie Barrett, out in L.A., and cool. so we're just in the process of uh, ramping up for a press release uh, on the, the state side. And so I've been in, you know, daily contact with him and his people as well to get that going. And um, he's highly connected, very reputable. So I feel very strongly that that's going to help uh, my work a lot. And uh, it's going to be more widespread. And um, and so what I'm doing in the interim on my side, just because, of course, as I've mentioned before, with my children now being out of school and being single parent, uh, you know, my focus is to give them a good summer and to enjoy my time with them. So I'm doing a good portion mm-hmm. of my work in the evening time when they're in bed. And thankfully, there's time difference between me and all these bookstores at West. So Yeah, that's so great. Yeah. So, so far, all the store managers who I've spoke to have been very receptive to receiving uh, copies of my PDF files for both currently my first and second book, and cool. um, as well as receiving uh, my PR package. And so they've all said to me that they primarily only need a week to kind of make a decision, but a lot of them are really jazzed and pumped, and they're really promote self-published authors, and um, so it looks like I'm going to be doing a big rollout of shipment to a lot of the bookstores out west. Excellent. And, um, yeah, so that's going extremely well, and that's kind of where I wanted to go. Like, I really enjoy the individual uh, person-to-person sales, whether it be through my book signings or anybody who's asked to meet with me for a coffee or, you know, can I come to your house or, or whatnot. 
Sure. And uh, that's I want to do. Really that's great. what I want to do with music as well. That's like when I think of things that I want to do in the future. People are doing these things now called house concerts, and it's like they set up. They I don't know if it's it's actually somebody's house that you go to, but some people do have like a space where they can have like they set up like a performance venue kind of, and they sell tickets, and and it's like a small number of people. But I love that idea. Like that's what people used to do in like the 18th, 19th centuries where they would do what they called salon concerts and there would be like a piano player or like a like a little chamber group or something. And I thought mm-hmm. that's the thing I would love to do. I'd love to like travel around and, and like play for like a small group of people and like just get together. And sort of like like how you can meet somebody to talk about the book or do book signings. And Absolutely. I think musically, well, that's that the kind like of stuff that I'm idea. interested I could in see as well. That. I could see you just loving that. Oh, yeah. But I would probably never get any playing done because I would just want to sit and talk to everybody. You know, and eventually I have to well, say, okay, look, I guess I should play you a song or two, or we should like do some songs together. But I just, I'm, I'm always just interested to meet people and figure out what's happening anyway. So. Well, and that's uh, I hear I still hear you on that, and that's one of my favorite things that has come out of this whole aspect of the journey of my book. And you know, as much as I love having taken something that I'm extremely passionate about and tangibly uh, bringing it to fruition, um, you know. What's really been fantastic, it's, you know, it's not just about selling a book. It's not just about, it's, it's the people that I meet are just fantastic. And not only does it, not only does it generally turn into some kind of a networking opportunity or a referral or an additional piece of information that I wasn't perhaps aware of that's really yeah. helped me considerably, considerably, but it's, you know, people start talking about their own journeys or their own passions or, you know, and these are people that you wouldn't even necessarily know who have done, like, phenomenal things. And, sure. uh, you know, certainly given back to society, given back to community. And, you know, when I talk about when people read my books and, you know, particularly at this point with it being children's books, and I, I end my books with, you know, rediscover your inner child and remember your your childlike spirit and all of these things. You know, that really takes people back in the midst of those kinds of conversations to a place where they just light up. You know, yeah. they're talking I'm about big, things. I'm a big are, fan of childhood. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Rob. And, you know, you just you talk about the things and you see them and you hear yeah. them talk about the things that are near and dear to their heart. And you just see how much they they light up. And regardless sure. of the fact whether they end up purchasing a book or not, and generally people are very gracious and they do end up pur- purchasing my book, but I mean, the conversations and the lessons and the things that they've imparted to me, uh, just on a spiritual level, it's it's just been amazing. And those end up being the favorite aspects of my journey throughout the whole yeah. book ordeal. So, do you it's do you have wonderful. memories of like books that you read when you were young that that still remain with you now? I'm sorry. Do you have memories of books that you read when you were a kid that you still think of fondly, like like that you would would read again or would want to read to your kids as well? Uh yeah. I mean, you know, I was a big uh, I was a big reader of Judy Bloom. I I love Judy Bloom books, and it's nice to see that there's been a resurgence, a comeback with that. And in fact, one of the things I learned from somebody who I spoke with at one of my book signings that I I had no idea about, but uh, she was really well versed in the whole world of editing and publishing. And she mentioned to me that Judy Bloom, you know, she's an author of Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, Blubber, yeah. uh, Tales of a Fourth Grade. I forget the last word. But anyway, she's, she's written so many books. And um, it's really resonated, you know, primarily with females, but as well as males. And it was something yeah. that was part of my school curriculum. But anyway, when I spoke with this woman at the book signing, 
She said that Judy Bloom, to date, is the only author who's gone into a publisher, produced her copy of her manuscript of all her books, and they published it on the spot. No, you know, no back and forth, no rewrites, no anything. And wow. from what I understood, yeah. So, I mean, you know, another element of genius there, and um, which explains why her books did so incredibly well and why right. why they still remain popular to this day. So, sure. um, but yeah, I just, um, you know, I, there's just so many books. I can't even think off the top of my head cause I'm so saturated in my own work right now. Mm. Uh, not to sound self-absorbed, but yeah, I mean, there's just so many classics and, um, you when know, I was a kid, my, my earliest memory of, of being read to, well, I mean, besides from my parents, but I, I have this most vivid memory of being in third grade and it's like to this day I can like close my eyes and and still be that kid. I, don't, I mean, however old you are in grade three in America, they say mm-hmm. third grade, but we Canadians get to say grade three. So when I was in grade three, our teacher read us these stories by this British writer named Enid Blyton. And she wrote book, like series of books. And it was, these were called the adventure books. And there was like the ship of adventure and the castle of adventure and the island of adventure and I remember like it was the end of the school year and our teacher would take us out onto the lawn and read us these stories. And I loved them so much. And it was, wow. I mean, it was right that age when, when I'm starting to like be able to really follow through, you know, and get to know the characters and, and really follow these like drama. It's like pretty dramatic kind of stories for kids, but I mm-hmm. still think of those books and how much I love them. And I think, I guess that really sparked something in my imagination that I, still stays with me now because I just love those books, even to this, even to this day, I still once in a while I like take them out and flip through them, and it's great. That's lovely, isn't it? Nice when something from your childhood just still stays with you, and you just have to go back to that place in your memory bank, and it just you reliving it all over again. I love that. Did you switch phones? No, I'm on the same. It got better. The quality changed, though. You get it's like it's better. Oh, okay. It's like yeah. magic. So. Yeah, we're we're kind of doing the phone thing right now. The computer is a little bit wonky, but yeah, uh, all of a sudden you sound okay? better though. Okay, well that's good to know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so when when you talk about book projects that you've thought about that have uh, you know been on the back burner a bit because of other priorities and engagement, you know, do you want to share with us a little bit of what that vision might look like, even though you still would have to like really fine tune it and hone it? One of them is a children's book. Awesome. And it's a, it's um, I don't want to give you too many details about it yet because I, I understand. But it's but because what I'm trying to figure out is actually the presentation of the book. It's actually a very simple. It's going to sort of um, combine music with reading, and I'm not sure whether to 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 design it to be almost like an. It could be a really good app for like an iPad or an iPhone as well. But there's mm-hmm. a way to make it an actual physical book too, and I'm still like like working on ideas in my head of how to actually do it. But it's going to be great. Right. So it's based on on some some children's music actually. And Fantastic. Yeah, um, I've been thinking about it for a couple of years, and I've made I've like made little rough diagrams of how I want to do it, and. And I'm finally like at the point of saying, okay, now I just need to do it. Like I need to work with a designer, yeah. an actual designer to come, make it come to life. Good for you. Well, uh, you know, my, my illustrators who I use, who are very dear friends of mine and will be for the rest of my life, they're phenomenal. I mean, they you, are great. you see my ebook and, uh, you know, they're, um, 
Laura Aiken and Paul Pablo Schultz. So they're a married couple, and um, they're just salt-of-the-earth people. And sometimes I don't even think they quite realize how talented they truly are. Hmm. And uh, so Paul, he does the illustrations, and Laura does the coloring. And, uh, you know, the amount of compliments that I've received, like, I mean, with my words matched with, you know, their coloring. And the synergy between us is fantastic. Like, they're very intuitive. They really get to know their clients. They really get a feel for what it is that they're passionate about and and uh, and the subtleties of different things that make them tick and uh, the things that they're passionate about makes, resonates with them. So I would certainly, as I always do, I refer them. So if you're, I know you're in the States and whatnot, but things can be done any which way business-wise these days. So and you're true. already connected with them. Yeah, and you're already connected with them. You know, you get CC'd on everything for Planet Pomegranate. So, you know, that's uh, certainly something that I would consider because uh, the amount of compliments that I have received on their behalf as to the quality of their work and the fact that what people really like about their artwork is that it, it, it resonates with kind of old-fashioned um, artistry in children's right. books once upon yep. a time and it's kind of come back to life and so it's a bit retro mm-hmm. um, so yeah I mean there's a referral there and that's always part of it too like you, writing the book is the easiest part it's then right, okay, exactly. where do I go yeah where do I yeah. go with this you know right. and you don't know what you don't know so you know the, the synergy of how all these people that came to play a part in the taking off of my books and it coming to life on the shelves and being a a tangible product in your hands that you could then read with your children. Um, it's, you know, that's a, that's a story in itself. You know, it's true. Story are you, are you story. able to talk anymore? Because I don't really know. And is about the, the new book that you're working on with the other writers. Is that something that you can give more information on? Cause I would like to know. Uh, this is who you're, you're citing. Hmm. Who, who are we talking about here? Oh, you're the, the thing that you're working on, that you were collaborating with some other writers on? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So, you know, um, this is supposed to be about you, Rob, but thank you. <laughs> I want to know. It's, but no, because I really want to know. Well, thank you. So, yeah, I'd say going on a month ago now, I was, uh, the second time this has happened to me, um, first time I was, uh, one of 12 people selected from around the world following my reading, The Passion Test which right. is co-authored by one of my, my mentors, Janet Bray Atwood, New York Times bestselling author, and she graciously wrote the forward for my second book, Reimburse the Universe. And um, so, again, I did that about a year and a half, two years ago now. I, I truly have no concept of time anymore. And so, you know, I, I've always been a supporter of that book. I plug it everywhere because of the clarity that it brought to me that allowed me to get very clear uh, with bringing the journey of my books to fruition. And... Um, so then, you know, keeping in the same circles and getting updated emails from Janet and Chris Atwood, uh, I then came upon uh, an opportunity to be trained intensively for three days in California with four New York Times bestselling authors. So that, again, includes Janet and Chris Atwood, who both uh, wrote The Passion Test, again, New York Times bestselling book. And, uh, and they're very huge in the Asia market now. They do training everywhere. And, um, and from that, I also became a certified licensed passion test facilitator. And although I don't have time to really do that at this point, I, yeah. I really do endorse the book. And so I was, again, one of 12 people selected to go back to California. And this time I was in the company of uh, Marcy Shymoff, who is, uh, you know, she's written multiple books, uh, New York Times bestseller for many within the Chicken Soup for the Soul series in her own book. 
Wow. And um, Jeff Affleck, and he's a member of the Passion Test family as well. And then again, Chris and Janet Atwood. And so what was really lovely throughout that opportunity, and the premise of all of that was to take, because I'm moving on to adult material now, so the training was very much geared towards that. So what is the, what is the concept of your book? What is your title? What is your subtitle? How, you know, and they work with you. And I, the referrals that they had that we did Skype call-ins with, like these are people who are so busy in the industry that they don't give anybody their time. You can't get into them for even half an hour on Skype, no matter what, what you're willing to pay them. And because they really love all the four New York Times bestselling authors and, and endorse what they do and to the degree that they continue to help people with their passions and inspire them with their journeys, uh, we had some phenomenal resources that we got some tips from through Skype calls. And uh, wow. so I was then asked uh, if I would like to uh, consider uh, co-authoring a chapter on their next transformational book, and the deadline for that is um, September 1st. Nice. And so I said, absolutely, like to have my work paired with your work and be, you know, to be to be in that company, uh, to not even be there for just a training opportunity and all the wonderful, you know, yummy things that came out of that experience um, and to have just been selected. I mean, that was a gift and a blessing in itself. But then to be asked to co-author with them, I thought, wow, you know, that's really so that's just, really great. Yeah, I'm just I'm so honored and I'm so blessed. And so you know, that's on my plate right now. I've got multiple things going on. And uh, it's a very, very busy time. But, you know, as I've said before, it's, it's a labor of love. And I know you can attest to that with your music. You know, everything you do, if you, if you really entrench yourself and immerse yourself in the things that truly inspire you and warm your heart, I mean, you're not cognizant of time unless it is because you have a deadline to meet. You know, the days roll into each other and the projects become multiple projects and the partnerships become multiple partnerships. And Absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's true. It, you know, and this is all this is all happened for me in like a year and a half. Like That's four great. books, two training opportunities, now a transformational book and, and soon to be my own adult book in the personal development world. So um it's just great. It's uh absolutely love it. And um so now Would I'm you ever would you ever consider doing like public speaking? Uh, I have done public speaking, uh, and I certainly did a lot of that in my former vocation of uh, being in senior management within social services. And I actually, one of my former guests that I had on radio, uh, Jane, she is, um, she's got her own magazine called I Love My Life, and she she was lovely. She invited me on Boxing Day uh, to be interviewed for her magazine and, and YouTube interview. And as well, she out of that asked me to do a speaking engagement at one of her upcoming functions. It was a launch of the whole magazine. And so there I met a couple of other people who have since been guests on my show. And, and now one of Jane's partners, Susie, Susie has uh, a show with Cameron Steele here on the Contact Talk Network. And in fact, you know, I'd say probably about five or six of my guests, um, they've either, they've either partnered with Cameron, um, or they're considering it, or they're in the training process, or they've already gone live with their own radio show. And this is, again, paying it forward, giving it back. And so there's a platform, you know, like whether you use just strictly social media, whether you actually go to guest speaking engagements. And I've been invited to a couple of others. Unfortunately, it's not worked out timing-wise because of my schedule with the children. Um, but, uh, and, and to be honest, it's, uh, it's always a treat to be asked and invited to these things, and that's certainly something I'm always receptive to and will continue to leave the doors open for that. 
I am just so swamped right now with uh, with rollout. I've got Toys R Us. It's been a, a pretty long process right now, um, but you know it's uh, it's gone quickly. Then a lot of people have tried to get their products into the vendor, uh, get into the system. So I'm actually I have a vendor number with Toys R Us. Cool. Um, yeah, so I'm in the Toys R Us system. I'm just, uh, you know, blessings to the one woman. She's like one person overseeing thousands of vendors. And so, you know, she's got an assistant and whatnot. But it's still a lot of work. And, uh, you know, it, it's not as easy as what people think. It's not, you know, it's not just about providing your ISBN numbers and, you know, headshots of your books and how many pages right. and stuff. Like, when it comes down to the actual packaging like the dimensions you need to know, the, the, you know, the specs, the everything. It's very, very precise, even just in the packaging and the parceling to do the rollout of distribution. And so that's the phase that we're at right now. And um, I'm not at liberty to talk about something else, but it's, I'm just awaiting uh, possibly being a vendor in another system with another corporate, uh, a corporate um, company. And uh, so until that vendor number has been received, I can't publicly talk about it. But, um, you know, I'm really, really grateful for that. And, uh, you know, I've got, you know, Walmart has wanted to partner with me, and I was back and forth on the fence with that um, for no other reason than just talking about the pros and cons with other authors who have had their books in there. And, you know, it's nothing against Toys R Us. I'm not flagging anybody. But it's just some things that you really need to consider about where you're placing your books. Um, and you know, as to, there's a lot of people who shop at Walmart. They're not primarily shopping there for a book. So, you know, there's a lot of expense incorporated into that and there's a lot of risk incorporated into that. And there's no guarantee that your stuff is going to sell. So I'm still kind of making a decision as to whether that's a partnership that I think would be in my best interest professionally. And we got to get you on Oprah too. Well, my publicist is, is connected to Oprah. You know, he's actually handled one of her former shows on ABC and knows Excellent. her uh, producers personally. So, uh, I tried to, I tried to get, uh, as far as I could with Oprah as, and I did get quite far considering most people who don't even get a response, but then it kind of got left and didn't go anywhere. So, uh, now that I have this connection with my publicist and he having that personal connection with Oprah and her team, um, I'm quite hopeful that, you know, I can get my books into her hands. So, sure. That's great. Um, so, yeah. But anyway, Rob, this is a lot about Lisa, and this is about, supposed to be about Rob. And it's about all of us. <laughs> you know, and we're, I guess... We're just having a conversation that goes back and forth, back and forth, like I a know, game of tennis. I know, you're very good at that. You're always good at sharing and, uh, you know, accentuating the positives about what's happening for other people in their lives, and I really... Okay. Appreciate you for that, but uh, so you know, we got so so. What did we cover? We covered chips. We covered kids' books. We covered. <laughs> let's see, what else can we cover? How's well, the what about where you are? Uh, do you have any like because it's summer and your son and your wife? Like, do you have any yeah. plans to just get away, or are you kind of because Mamma Mia and you're both attached to Mamma Mia, and that's been wrapping up? Are you kind of just? in work zone still, and maybe when things kind of settle down a bit, you might look at uh, having a bit of a reprieve or a bit of a vacation? We've got a bit of a plan uh, later this month to go. My sister is going to have a cottage that we're going to go spend some time at up up in Canada. So we'll get away for a, little, for, yeah, for a few days at that point, which would be nice. Mm-hmm. And other than that, we'll just be kind of hanging around here, I guess. Yeah, like doing the work. And, I mean, it's, there's so many activities around here that we can do as well. So it's... Right. It's nice to have the nice to have the days open to do whatever. 
Well, and uh, that might open up the doors for some of your own creative writing process, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, it's such a nice feeling to when the days are so nice to just go sit outside and be able to to work on music or to just be writing or whatever. It's great. Absolutely. You, well, I mean, you've led such a I'm going to ask you another question. Do you like to write with Sorry? Do you like to write with with notepads or do you like to write on a computer? Oh, I I'm strictly pen and paper girl. Are you really? I am. I haven't done one thing on the computer. Nothing yeah, at all. Yeah, I I like the old fashioned, you know, and I've got and you know, I've got all these Hillroy pads that I just fill up and you know there's scratches and the thing is I don't throw anything out because I think it's really important to kind of see and monitor your own progression and so you know for people and I you know I've done it in the past you know you you, you kind of scroll through things and you think oh my god like what did I just write and does that even make sense and you know that, that's not the direction I meant to go in that but I think it's really interesting to hold on to the rough drafts of things or pages that you'd be inclined to throw in the garbage and write off a scrap because I think it's just a really good barometer for measuring your own growth. And uh, and sometimes, you know, you go back to things that you've originally written, and it might not be the whole paragraph, but you can still borrow a line from something that really would place fit or fit nicely placed right. elsewhere. And um, so for that reason, I don't hold – I don't get rid of anything. I hold on to everything. And, wow. um, yeah, I just – I'm a big believer in that. I've been taking – I like taking lots of notes on my phone, like I with the little notepad app. I do that and too, yeah. So every time I think of something, I like make notes and, and like for ideas for books or song ideas or lyric ideas or whatever. And I've started to realize that I have accumulated so many that I think I'm going to have to go backwards and I'm going to have to look at the things <laughs> I've written digitally and then actually write them down in a book because I think that will make them, that'll transform them somehow into something else. Right. Fantastic. It's like, like, like going from one process. It's like when somebody wants to write a book and they dictate it first and they like to, to just speak, like to sort of extemporize and speak the ideas and then go back and listen to it and then write it down. Sometimes you need mm-hmm. to use two different forms of technology to achieve the same end result. Well, and that's the nice thing now. I mean, you know, there's lots of options available to people who, you know, we're all under time constraints and sometimes a thought comes to you and you don't necessarily have a pad of paper and a pen handy. Right. And so for me, when I duplicate, like I, I use notes for duplication. So when I've already written things, uh, you know, within one of my pads of paper, I sometimes if I'm, you know, I get worried that things are, are going to get lost or whatnot, or it's good to carry it around and have it in a separate place, especially if somebody, you know, is asking you about your books or you need to reference something, or I'm finding it even more helpful now that I'm having a lot of dialoguing with my publicist and um, his team of people. And so they're, they're calling me when I'm all over the place and I don't have all my books handy. And so I just, I, I, duplicate things onto my notes on my uh, phone, but that's not where I originally start my, my thought process. Right, right. Process. Yeah. It's good to have the option, like to, like to have it is. Right? It is. And, you know, I can't wait to see what you end up producing, and I, I think you kind of, you already said it yourself out loud, almost as a, a testimonial to yourself or a, an affirmation, but... You know, the fact that this for a couple of years has resonated with you, that's a pull. You know, like the, the soul will keep, your spirit will keep dancing with you until you pay attention to it. I truly believe that. And so, Absolutely. you know, if, 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 you know, this is a yearning, this is a calling, and this is something that you're now identifying needs to be done. And I think that's beautiful that we listen to ourselves because that's, that's where it all comes out of. You know, a lot of yep. people squash it. 
or, you know, they, they talk themselves out of things or think, you know, like, well, what do I have to say that's actually <clears throat> worthy? Like, who, who really cares about what Lisa McDonald thinks or whatnot? But, you know, I write for myself. I write for my children. And the fact that it resonates with other people, that's, that's beautiful. That's a gift. And, Especially, uh, and it, you're right. If it doesn't leave you, if it's, if it's sticking around, that means it's oh, kind yeah. of waiting, waiting for you to kind of understand that it's yeah. time to bring it out. Oh, yeah. Those reminders will keep popping up, whether it be in your thoughts, whether it be in your heart, or you see things symbolically out there that draw you back to the fact that make you cognizant. It's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, this is two years now. This is something that is really resonating with me, and uh, I've got to honor this. I've got to follow yep. through with this. And it's, and, like the, the, and that, it's like when the time is right, it happens because sometimes Absolutely. things are... Absolutely, and that's when it gets stronger, right? Yeah. That's when those yep. feelings yep. get stronger. Uh, because it's like it's sensing, your body's sensing, your spirit's sensing that, okay, this is the time to now maybe make this a priority. And maybe it's because you can make it a priority. Yep. It's like it's germinating. Absolutely. You have to plant well, I the can't seed wait. of an idea. I can't wait to see what you produce. I think it's going to be phenomenal. And I think, you know, even outside of the children's book, I don't know if you're going to do an adult book as well to maybe tell the tale of your whole life. Because <laughs> the experiences that you've had, I mean... You know, I mean, that would be so riveting to read, you know, just being in the spoons, being in Honeymoon Suite, you know, being sought out as a musical associate uh, director and, you know, doing all the shows that you've done, like big shows. Never I'd like, mind to, write, I'd like to have in, in, in the book of my life, I will write a chapter on all the people that I've randomly met for like a split second and just said hello to. Because like if I see a famous person down the street. I don't care. I'll just go and say hello and like awesome. shake their hand or whatever. And it doesn't mean because it, it's nice to see somebody just like like in public and not really think, oh, they're just here and you, I don't want to bother them. And I'm not going to like like fawn over them or anything. But sometimes I'll just like say hello. And I think, oh, I've met a lot of like weirdly interesting random people in my life. Like since I was uh, a teenager. Well, no, even younger than that, I guess. And. I just love like like having random encounters like that, like where you just come across somebody and see them. Um, but I, that's one thing I loved being on tour as well was when we when, when we were in the Spoons and we toured with Culture Club, and Ooh. it was their first U.S. tour, and everybody wanted to come and see Boy George because at that time it was like people wanted to see him in real life and see like what was the deal, like could he really sing like that? Like the, the records were <laughs> the records were so good, and it, I mean at that time. The, there was not as much widespread news as there is now. Like now we know every detail about everybody at every moment of their day, you know? Right. And at that time, this is, we're talking over 30 years ago, of course, it's so long ago. And so everybody was curious and, and every city we played in America, we, there would be like cool musicians coming up to see him and they'd be hanging around backstage or I'd see them play. We'd be playing on stage and I'd see them at the back of the, of the theater or whatever. And I just thought it was so exciting just knowing that we were like being a part of that whole thing happening. Absolutely. That's fantastic. And I'm sure you've had many, many, uh, many examples you could cite in your book about that, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and I know that we use the word random. I, I yeah. question whether anything that we perceivably think is random is random. Like, I don't know. I had a good random. I, re- I met uh, the I met Rudolf Nureyev once in, a, in Steve's music store in Toronto. Mm-hmm. If that's not random, I don't know what is because he's a ballet dancer. And wow. yeah. I was in the keyboard department and he was in there and of course I saw him and there was no, there was one guy working in there and I saw Nuriev like looking at these electric keyboards and I thought, what the, that's Rudolph Nuriev. What is he doing? What's he doing in the music store? And I went up to the guy at the counter. I said, do you know that's Rudolph Nuriev? And he kind of looked at me like he didn't know who that was anyways. 
And so I went up to him and I said, I just want to say hello. I'm a fan of your, your work, whatever. And he was Mm -hmm. very nice and he, I, I did kind of say, what are you doing in the, in the music store? And he was looking for a keyboard <laughs> because he was on, he was with his dance company. They had just performed actually, uh, um, a couple of days earlier, they had performed at Roy Thompson Hall and he was looking okay. for an electric keyboard to bring for rehearsals and stuff. And so he had an actual reason to be there. But to me, it was like a weird random thing to see Nureyev in a right? music store. But Very I interesting. But I couldn't pass up that opportunity just to go say hello. Of course I thought, not. There and he when, is. He's just those, a normal guy just standing there. when you see there. those opportunities, I mean, and obviously you do it, you just grab them, you know, because yeah. the chances of ever having that scenario play out again or perhaps ever seeing that person again, right. uh, that gets lost, right? Yep. And you never know the wonderful things that could materialize as just a result of introducing yourself, saying hello, and to know that you approached him and said that you were a big fan. I mean, who knows what, you know, we glean things from what we think are happening in people's lives, but I mean, yep. you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. So that moment of you doing that and making that effort and saying what you said, I mean, you don't know to what degree that, that, you know, put a bounce in his step for that day or, you know, because, and that's an industry too. Like if you're not necessarily a dancer, uh, you know, or in that kind of artistry world, um, you know, you're, you're not necessarily recognizable unless somebody else shares that in common with you. So, right. who knows? True. You know, that's lovely that you did that. I think that's fantastic. I just like meeting people. I, I mean, I just think, I think everybody has an interesting story. And I mean, and, and it's, it's not just creative people. I think it's the opportunities with everybody that we encounter. Everybody has an interesting story. We just need to take the time and be open enough to kind of try to figure out what's going on. With, with everybody. Right. And I mean, you know, sometimes it's difficult in, in our lives that we encounter people, say you're in a store or something and you, somebody's having a bad day or having a hard day or whatever. And we don't know the whole mm-hmm. story behind it. And sometimes we're, you know, we get frustrated with people in certain situations and yet we don't know the, the whole story of what's happening in another person's life. But it's like an opportunity to, to kind of try to see through whatever's like like blurring them at this moment and and see a more fundamental aspect of a person and it's Absolutely. It's, a, it's a difficult thing to remember but i think the the potential exists in us to kind of meet at a different level for sure i totally wholeheartedly agree with you and you know what rob can you believe we've already killed an hour here no we haven't yeah i believe that we have um so I, uh, there was so much more I wanted to cover. Yeah, because all we talked, we talked about chips for half an hour. What's that? We talked about ketchup chips for half an hour. I know! (laughs) But there's nothing wrong with that, because now it's lunchtime. I know, but you know what? I was so hoping to get some music in here and whatnot, but what we can do, because I mean, I mean, we're connected now, and we stay in touch, and we've got more reason to continue staying in touch, but I'm certainly going to have you back here again, and, uh, we're going to do it with a, a running functional computer. And, um, you know, and so, yeah, I'm glad that we were able to improvise, even though things kind of went awry last minute as to how I would typically run radio. But uh, I just want to, and it worked. Where there's a will, there's a way, right? Always, always. So, Rob, do you want to just let people know where they can find you? Well, you can find me, you mean, like, generally? Come to New York and come see me on September 12th. You know, yeah. Well, you can find me on Facebook. Okay. I don't have a website yet. I'm actually going to – that's another thing I have to do is I have to, like, do an actual website and and kind of get some of that stuff together because right now, like, um, there's some 
some videos of me on YouTube that are like hilarious things from the eighties, like, <laughs> like, like spoons interviews and things. And my, I have friends who say, Oh, I saw this video of you when you were like 18 years old and your hair was 10 feet tall. It was like giant blonde hair. Um, so there's like old things that exist, but I feel like maybe I'm going to put a website together and put some music on there and just more biographical right. stuff as well. So it's not just random clips. Well, that would be great. And, uh, and certainly when you get that up and running and maybe at that stage, you're already, you know, well into writing your first book. Yes. And, uh, you know, and we've got Planet Pomegranate coming up and, uh, you're attached to that. So, I mean, you're definitely going to be back on the show. We're going to do some book uh, tours together. Woohoo! Aren't we? Cause aren't, we shouldn't, we should organize something where you're going to like do a signing and you'll do a little speaking and then I'll play some music and we'll do that kind of stuff together. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to that. I know we mentioned that before, and uh, yeah, I absolutely would love to do that. Absolutely. And, uh, and I and I know that you've got family still here, and you know maybe Carol Pope will bring you back here again. So there would be other reasons for hopefully you coming here. I think you might be a little more mobile than myself at this point with my situation and circumstances, but I will certainly do what I can to reciprocate stomping grounds and sure. uh, you know joint territory and whatnot that we can uh, get that going. That would be absolutely phenomenal. Totally, that's amazing. Heart. But listen, Rob, I uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to wind up here. I'm so sorry. I, I, I could talk to you forever, and uh, <laughs> and I will. I will continue will. to do so behind the scenes. And uh, so, love to you and your family. Keep doing what you're doing. You're very inspiring. We appreciate Thank you, you so much. Enjoy uh, your summer. Appreciate- I'll be listening to you every week as well. Well, thanks, Rob. And uh, you enjoy your summer. And we'll touch base soon. Okay. Thank you. So, yeah, so to my listening audience, I want to thank you once again for tuning in to Lisa McDonald Carpe Diem here at the Contact Talk Radio Network. I go live every Friday at 11 4 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you have any show topic ideas or you'd like to appear as an actual guest on my show, please feel free to contact me at either lisamcdonaldauthor.com, author, or McDonald is spelled M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D, or you can email me at lisamcdonald13 at gmail. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again. Appreciate everything. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Stay safe. Wait until tomorrow It's time
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.